Well, this is an interesting time right now with so much going on in the world and wondering what the results are going to be and so many areas. There's one thing that's taking place right now, starting tomorrow and the next day, that actually relate to our pathway. It started this tradition over 5,000 years ago that I'm going to be talking about, but it has been practiced in some form or another in the world for 5,000 years or more. And it's called, in the Jewish tradition, Rosh Hashanah. It's the Day of Atonement. Right now, this is a period of looking for forgiveness. Going inside and doing contemplation in the Jewish tradition and in the old tradition of the pathway that was the Jewish Kabbalistic tradition of going inside and working on forgiveness within yourself and forgiveness with God. And so it's a great reminder to us that what we are doing on this pathway isn't something that's new. It has been around for centuries. It is the same practice today as it was three, four, five thousand years ago. And that is going inside and looking at our own life, looking at ourselves, and bringing ourselves into a place of loving, accepting, and forgiving ourselves and others. But with this pathway, we don't do it just once a year. Unless, of course, you do. But truly, every time you go into meditation and you begin to focus inward and upward and you begin to call out that sacred name, you are moving into that place of loving. And loving is that action of accepting, forgiving, and loving. So be aware that as we say the sacred name, as we say the hue, as we say the anti-hue, we are focusing inward to connect ourselves to our own true self, which is the soul, and connect that soul and wake it back up to the knowing of itself in God. And that all those things that stand between us and God that we ourselves have put there, we want to let go of those. And that action of LAF, of loving, accepting, and forgiving, is a means by which to truly release ourselves from all the things that we have placed between us and God, and to live once again in a greater state of freedom. And that's what this pathway is about. But it's not about living a greater sense of freedom in the world. It's about living the freedom in spirit, which is the action of liberation. When we meditate, we're not meditating to get answers to the questions of the day. What color should I put on today? What car should I drive? What job should I take? The action of meditation is truly a very simple action. And it's not about the world. It's not about the body. It's about the soul. And it's about loving. It's about going inside and loving the Lord and just living into that movement of loving. And anything that stops us from moving on that flow of loving, our thoughts, our feelings, our reactions, our judgments, our fears, 
that's where we go and begin working the loving, accepting, and forgiving with the energy that is blocking us from living in that flow of loving so that it is released, it is neutralized, it is brought into balance, and then we can move further on that flow of the river of loving. Then we can live and the truth of who we really are, which is the loving. That is what the soul is. The soul is the loving essence of God in manifestation, in action, in creation. And the thing that you're longing for, and the thing that sits you down every day in your meditation, is that desire inside of you to once again live the truth of who you really are and to live in that flow of the loving that you were created in and that you are the creation of and that is the truth of your expression, which is loving. Part of this action is then letting go of all the illusions that the world has placed upon you, that you have accepted and believed and are trying to live and chase after and fulfill, to let go of all those illusions that you've created for yourself, all the beliefs that stand between you and God. It's just to let go of them and get back to that place of simplicity. This pathway is such a simple path. It is so, so simple. It is about loving. It is about God. And it is about you, the soul. That's pretty simple. That's like a little trinity. And if we can begin to just live in that simplicity and keep reminding ourselves to move back into that simplicity when the world seems to swirl around us and throw at us all these complexities, then we can begin to find ways by which to not only move in our meditation into a greater place of freedom, and ultimately the liberation of the soul. But we can also find ways by which to move into the day. It's not just about having your eyes closed and going inside and finding that place of peace, finding that movement of loving, finding that action of liberation. It's also about learning how to take that into the world, to open your eyes and take that same movement, that same action, that same essence, into your daily life, not just into your spiritual meditation, and begin to live it fully 24 hours a day. I was talking to a lady a few weeks ago. She meditates. She's doing the meditation. She's an initiate. And she was angry with me. And so we sat down and I said, so who are you really angry at? She says, I'm angry at you. And I go, okay, so now that we know that, why are you angry at me? And she says, because it's not working. And I go, so what's not working? She said, the meditation. I sit down and I close my eyes and I go inside and I wait. And I sit there and I wait. And I wait for the answers to come in. I wait for visions. I wait for revelations. And I said, so you're waiting. And what are you doing while you're waiting? She says, well, I'm, I'm getting quiet. I'm trying to quiet my mind and shut my mind up and, 
and be still. And I go, and is that what we've been sharing with you to do? And she says, well, I think so. And I said, have you read the handbook for the initiates? Have you been listening to CDs to really align yourself with what we share on a regular basis? And she goes, well, I don't really have the time for the CDs. I'm making time for the meditation, but I can't listen to them and do the meditation and do my day. So what do you want me to do? I'll listen to a CD or I'll meditate. I said, well, then meditate by all means. But I'd like for you to meditate the way that we actually share it. (laughs) And I said, and do go home sometime and read one page a day of the Initiates Handbook until you've read the whole thing. You don't have to read the whole thing in one day. Just read a page a day. And in so many days, you will have completed it, and you will have a better sense of what it's sharing with you. And she says, I can do that. Then I said, so let me share with you what this pathway is really about. It's not about getting the answers to all your questions. It's about you waking up to the truth of who you are in God. And it's about letting go of all those things that are disturbing you, that are drawing you out into the world, that is your attachments, that is your attraction. It's about letting go of all of that and lift up in yourself to that place where the soul resides in spirit and that is your true home. And she said, well, why haven't you ever said that? And I said, why haven't you been listening? Because that's all we talk about. We never say, sit down and go inside and meditate with an intention of getting answers. We never say to quiet your mind and be still and wait for revelation to come. I said, wherever you got that from, that isn't what we share. There's nothing wrong with that action, but that's not the action that we're doing. So I said, why don't you do this? I said, we're going to be here for a while. Why don't you begin listening to some CDs? And I gave her the name of two to listen to. And do a meditation based on what is the meditation in those CDs. And before we leave, let's sit down and talk again. And you share with me your experience of meditation after doing those CDs and after listening to those for several days to begin to do the practice the way that we share it. Well, four or five days later, we had a meeting in a lady's house and she came up to me and she grabbed my arm and she said, oh my God. She said, I'm going to listen to every CD now. I get it. I get it. I've got to be reminded. She said, I was taking other teachings that I've heard from other people and mixing them up with yours, and I was doing it what I thought was your teaching, and it wasn't. So she said, now I get it. I said, well, you get it, but are you going to continue doing it? And I said, we're still here for a couple more weeks. Talk to me before we leave and let me know that that's true for you, that you're still doing it. We had the retreat. And at the retreat, she was doing the meditation daily for two and a half hours. 
And at the end of the retreat, she said, now I get it. She said, I thought I got it when I was listening to the CD and doing the meditation, but now I get it. I go, okay, now, the thing to listen to and pay attention to is there's always another level to this, to get. You're never going to get it. Not fully. The only time you're going to really get it is when you begin to lift above the mind and above this world and truly wake up to the simplicity of this pathway, the simplicity of the loving that is your soul, and begin to live in that more. And she said, okay, you'll never hear me say, I get it again. But I'm going to do all I can to wake up into that. And I said, that's a good intention. Now let's see what happens. Well, I haven't heard from her since. So it'll be interesting whenever I do to see just how well she's holding to that. But I have a feeling that at least now she has a better understanding and she won't be looking back out into the world to try to find an understanding of this pathway in other people's teachings. She'll know where to look for this truth that we share, which is right here. This is a very different teaching than what a lot of the other pathways in the world are. A lot of the pathways in the world have to do with light, the light of this creation, and the practice that that light of the spiritual pathways, if you want to call them that, in this creation, are really about the mind, not about the soul, and about the ego, and not about the spirit of who you are. And they serve a great purpose, and they can get you very high in the realms of the physical creation and bring you to great places of understanding and insight and illumination and peace of mind. But they will not take you higher than the mind. But this pathway, which is a path of light and sound, is a different movement. It's not about perfecting the mind or self-perfection. This is about lifting up above the mind and waking up to the truth of who you are as a perfect being, which is soul. And the path of sound and light is not about accomplishing or conquering or overcoming anything in this world. It's not about getting illumination and enlightenment and understanding in or of this world. It is about you waking up to the simple truth that you are a child of God. And all you have to do is to continue choosing into that awareness and to begin to live as a child of God every day. Letting go of the mind, letting go of the illusions that the world has put in front of us to chase after, and stop looking to the outer and look mainly, if not only, to the inner for the truth of who you are. The one thing that I know, I know who you are. I know your soul essence. I know the loving that you are. I know the light of God that dwells inside of you. And that's what I hold inside of me 
as my reference of you. I let go of all those things the best I can, of the illusions that you project from yourself into the world for people to know you by. Those things that the mind has taught you or told you are the things that you have developed within your mind to identify yourself as. And to see only that which is the light of your own soul, which is simple, which is so, so simple. And it's very easy to identify it because I know it inside myself. And if I know it inside me, then I know it in you because it's one and the same. We were created out of one light, out of one sound. God spoke and he said, let there be light. And that first light is the light of you, the soul. And that was one light, one action, one creation, and one soul. So if I can wake up and know the light of my own soul, I know the light of your soul. It's one. We are one and the same. There is no separation in that truth of who you are as soul, as who you are as the light of God. So all I have to do is look up and see the light of my own soul and then look out here and find that same essence inside you. And that's what I continue to hold in myself so that I can continue to support you in moving forward and waking up to that greater truth. And that's the action that Brian and I are doing together now, holding for you to wake up to that truth and continue to just share with you the simplicity of this pathway. If you notice, we are doing everything we can not to make it complicated. We don't add a lot of classes to it. We don't add a lot of trainings to this action. We don't do a lot of things in the outer because the more you do that, the more you give importance to what the world has to offer us at those levels of the world in which we are acting and reacting on. We know that the truth is within. And so we want to go inside and live into that truth that lies inside of us. We don't want to draw your attention back out into the world. We'll read these books. We'll do this homework. We'll study this material. Well, let's do these workshops. Let's do these trainings. Those all can be very supportive and helpful in some ways, but in other ways, the mind will make them more important than the meditation. The mind will make them more important than the experience on the inner and meditation. And all of a sudden, we will be drawn back out into the world looking for the truth in the world rather than inside of ourselves. And the truth in the world is a reflection of the truth that is inside. And have you ever noticed a reflection isn't the same? It isn't the same. It is a poor reflection of what is the truth. So why go chase after the reflection of something and never really be able to grasp it, hold on to it, maintain it, 
or take it into yourself and live it, why not go after the truth and begin to hold that, live into it, and become that truth? And that truth being that it is inside of you, it is found inside of you, and that's why we meditate. To spend time every day letting go of the world, letting go of the elements of this creation, the body, the imagination, the emotions, the mind, and that which is the unconscious, the void, and wake up to the truth of who we are, and wake up to the truth of who and what God is, and live into that daily. When we can begin to go into meditation and truly see that inner light, the light of our own soul, the light of God, the light of that Holy Spirit that is coming to assist us in ever rising up and letting go of those things in this world that have held us in bondage, and to wake up and to begin to live more in that essence of our being rather than living in the essence that the mind tells us we are. That's the action of this meditation. So we will ever do our best. And we're always reminded inside, just in case we ourselves forget, to keep it simple. To keep it simple. Don't go and put the world on top of this teaching and make it a thing of the world. So if you find at times that this pathway is too simple, too focused on the inner, and there's a part of you that wants to do the outer as well, that's fine. Just be aware we're not the ones going to be promoting and moving in that direction. Go and partake however you want to of that, but know that the simplicity and the truer essence of what you're longing for will be found here. We're going to maintain that and keep it alive. And you may be able to find the balance of the outer and the inner. And you may find that the outer really is such an attraction to you that if you go out there, you're going to get caught up in it. So you might just want to refocus yourself once again into that simplicity that we're doing here. I hope that makes sense. But I've seen some people wander back off into the world once again, following after the mind, chasing after the elements of the world. And there's great teachings in the world. Oh my gosh, there's wonderful teachings, wonderful teachers that are in the world to listen to and to follow and to do practice with. But you may find, especially after partaking of this, that it doesn't have the same fulfillment. It doesn't take you as high. It doesn't give you the simplicity and the peace and the quiet and the direction that this pathway gives. And this pathway isn't Brian or I. This pathway is an ancient pathway that is taught today the way it has been taught for eons of time. Go within. Seek within. Wake up and know the truth. You are divine. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. It has been said so many different ways, but it's always the same statement. 
I say it, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep, because that's how Ruby said it. And that's a phrase that when I read it, truly was a means by which to continue to remind myself of what am I doing this meditation for? Because there's sometimes when I myself sit down to meditate, and it is such a struggle. I hope you don't have such a struggle, but I bet you do. Where the mind is just running, the world is just pushing, everything is at your feet, nipping at you, calling you back down, trying to distract you. Where are you going? No, you can't go up there. You've got to stay down here. We've got all these problems. You've got to pay attention to me. We've got to get this solved. And then there are days when I sit down and meditate, and the light is there, the sound is there, the loving is there, and I just go into it. And it's just so simple. I wish it could be that way every day. But it is what it is, and every moment of every day is different. And so every meditation is going to be different. And that's the thing to be loving and patient with. Don't expect it to be always perfect and loving and spiritual because that's not how this world works. If you were just soul and you didn't have this body and all this stuff that goes with it attached to your soul, yeah, you'd be living in that essence of the soul and spirit all the time. You wouldn't have all these other elements pulling at you and calling you away from that truth. But you've got a body, and you have the elements that the body contains, and they are doing their thing to fulfill themselves. So you don't dishonor that. You honor the body. You honor the imagination, the emotions, the mind, and the unconscious self. You honor them. You give them attention. You give them focus and awareness But what you do, unlike most other practices, is you also elevate them. And the way you elevate them is by holding your attention inward and upward in meditation to the seat of the soul and begin to lift your own awareness that is you, the soul, above all the elements of the physical and begin to wake up into the loving essence of the soul. And what happens when you do that? All the other elements below the soul are lifted up. They begin to lift up. Their focus is changed from a down and out focus to an inward and upward focus with that movement of the soul going up above them. And it begins to wake them up to a greater truth than what they themselves know and are chasing after in the world. And eventually, I wish immediately, but eventually you will find that all these other elements will come into cooperation. They'll come into cooperation with the soul. And they'll actually allow and permit and even promote you to sit down on a more regular basis and do your meditation because all those lower elements get curious. They go, well, what else is there up there? Oh, I like that light. That light is so pretty. Can we go see the light again? That other light that I've seen in the world is really nice, but wow, that blue light, that purple light, that's an amazing light. I want to go back and see that. And you'll even find 
that that higher mind quality will begin to sit you down as well into your meditation and begin to serve you. But what it means is you've got to sit down every day, whether they cooperate or not, and refocus them. It's not train them. Forget about training them. You go in there and you tell your mind you're going to train it or your emotions you're going to train it, and they go, oh, yeah, I'll show you, and you're on for a wild ride. But if you go in and just say, I'm going to go above you for a while, and you can pay attention and see what's happening if you want, but I'm just going to rise above you. I'm not going to be giving you attention and awareness right now. It's not that I'm devaluing you, but it's something that I value greater above you, which is my soul that I'm going for. And it will listen and it will allow you to bypass them and go on higher. And all you do is you just hold your attention here at the seat of the soul, chant that sacred name of God or the hue or the anti-hue, and that just automatically happens. You just automatically, you the soul essence, begins to be drawn upward above all those elements of the physical self, and you begin to wake up inside. Little by little, gradually it happens. But the more you do it on a daily basis, the easier it's going to be, and the more you're going to find those other qualities of the physical self will also come into agreement and begin to work with you. And all those things that are in resistance that you might come up to and meet, on the way inward and upward, you just love it, accept it, and forgive it. And release it back into the loving. Let the loving then handle it. Let the loving then transform it. This is a very, very simple pathway. And the one thing that we do not want to see happen is for you to complicate it by filling the mind with other things that only support the mind and support the world illusion and keep you more focused down and out. That's why on the CDs we say the same thing over and over and over. We just do it in a little bit different way. But we do it that way because everybody is approaching God in a little different way. Everybody's approaching their soul in a little different action. And so we share it in different forms, and different words, in different ways, so that you can hear it, finally hear the truth that you need to hear to support you and your action. If it's a simple truth, and it's a one truth, then we've got to keep it simple. And we have to just share that oneness that is that truth. The moment we go into our own mind and try to break it down and separate things and create classes and teachings and philosophies or whatever, in that moment, this pathway that we're sharing is lost. It begins to disseminate the energy back out into the world once again. And we can then lose focus of what it is really all about. The essence of truth can still be there, but the focus may change in such a way that it's harder to get a hold of 
and maintain. So it's always going to be inward and upward. It's always going to be simple and elegant. It's always going to be about the sacred name or the hue or the anti-hue. It's always going to be about a wake up, wake up, wake up, and know the truth of who you are as loving, as divine, as a child of God. And it's always going to be about your soul, not about you in the world. We're talking to you in the world because your soul is in the body that is in the world. But we're talking to your soul. We're not talking to your body. We're supporting your soul in its journey. And part of that support in that journey of the soul is to support you and how to begin to free yourself of this physical creation, to rise above it, to not give it all the value, not to give it all the focus, but rather to let go of it for a while and to begin to experience a greater truth that is you, the soul. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help you to do that action. We're not here to tell you what color of a car to buy, what job to take, or anything else. Who to marry, who to divorce, how many kids should you have, or whatever. And believe me, we get those questions and a lot more. Daily in emails, daily in phone calls, daily in person. And we do our best to share and to be supportive. But in truth, we're here to help you on your spiritual journey. We're here to help you answer all the questions that rise inside of you about your meditation, about your spiritual quest, about the truth of who you are as soul, and to help to eliminate those things that might be distracting you from that. But we're not here to necessarily tell you how to live your life. I'm sure there's a lot of other people around you, if you just turn around and look, that will do that for you. Don't, don't look to us for that. Look to others, if that's what you're looking for. But we are here to support your inner journey and to support your awakening and to help you wake up and know the truth just as we know the truth. We know the truth for ourselves, and in that we know the truth for you. It's all one truth. God is loving, and you are that loving that is God in manifestation and in action and in motion right now on all realms, all levels of life, from the very lowest of the physical to the very highest of spirit. That is who you are. You are God's loving in action, in manifestation. If you can begin to hold that awareness inside of you and say, now how do I do this in the loving that is me, the soul? It'll make a big difference in how you move forward. It'll make a big difference whether you go into reaction or action. It'll make a big difference and how quickly you can awake to the truth of who you are as soul and as divine. I tell myself every day and a lot of times during the day, I am a child of God. And I'm ever telling God that too. Hey God, I am your child. 
Help me here. Give me understanding. Give me clarity. Give me focus. Keep me intended on you, not into the world. And if I forget, remind me. And God will shake me up sometimes just to remind me, hey, who are you really? But you've got to do your part. God is willing to do God's part. And believe me, God has been with you since the moment your soul came into manifestation and has walked with you every step through every experience along this journey and is now walking with you on the return home. God has never forgotten you. God has never left you. And now it's time for us to turn around and look and know that, to see God's presence with us all the time, to see that inner light, to know that inner presence, to feel that inner joy, to feel the sensation at the top of your head that is God's loving, ever saying, I'm here, I'm here, remember, I'm here. To hear the inner sound, that still small voice of God calling you home. And that voice has been calling you home since you began the journey out to experience in God's creation. Don't forget me. Remember to come home when you're ready. Go have experience, have a good time, but do come home. Pay attention to that. That's the important element of your life. Do you feel that inner tug? Do you feel a pull inside, a calling to sit down and meditate? A longing for something more than the world can give you? I bet we all do in some form or we wouldn't be here. The world hasn't fulfilled it. The world can't give it to us. The world can't answer it. And so we look beyond the world now. And if you sat down and meditated at all in this pathway, I would bet that you have had something of a touch, of a movement, of an awareness that there is something beyond this world that is going to answer what it is you want answered. And it isn't, who should I marry? Who should I divorce? What color of shoes should I wear today? It's going to be, an answer about the loving. You long for the loving. You search for the loving. You want for the loving. And going inside and doing the meditation is where you're going to connect to that loving and be filled up. And once you're filled up, there isn't the longing. There isn't the need. There isn't the anguish. There isn't the looking out into the world for something. Because you've got it. Didn't Jesus say, drink of these waters and you will thirst no more? Well, when you go inside and drink from that cup of loving inside of you, you will not thirst anymore for loving. You will know it. You will be filled up. And all you have to do is sit down every day and continue being filled up. Continue receiving that bread of life. Our daily bread, as Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer. That's the daily food. It feeds our soul. It nurtures our being. It answers that which is not answered in the world. So do the daily meditation. 
Keep this action of meditation and this pathway simple, simple, simple. Focused on loving, focused on accepting, focused on forgiving, and about waking up. I remember as a child and my mother coming in to wake me up in the morning, wanting me to wake up, wake up, got to get to school. It was interesting because oftentimes when I'd be doing my prayer, I didn't know about meditation at the time, but when I would do my prayer, often I would hear somebody inside say, wake up, wake up. And I said, well, I am awake. What do you mean, wake up? I said, how am I supposed to wake up any more than I'm already awake? And they said, just look up and you'll know what it is to truly wake up. You're not awake yet. You're still living the dream. We want you to rise above the dream and live the truth. And it took time for me to understand what they were talking about. And it may take time for you to understand what it is that this teaching is really all about. But take the words that we share, take the practice that we share, and use it. Use it to fulfillment. And you will know what it is to wake up. You will know what it is to live in the loving river of God. You will know what it is to live as a child of God, to live the essence of the truth of who you are as that divine loving essence. And you will know what it is to let go of all those elements of the world that you have defined yourself as and by all these years and all these lifetimes and live a simple life. And other people, when they see you living this simple life, they'll say, God, you're so boring. (laughs) Well, you are. You're going to be boring as all get out because you don't find the world interesting anymore. You're not drawn to do all the things that the world is offering for you to do because no longer are you looking for anything. You're not out there trying to be filled up with the noise and the distractions and the illusions to make you feel better about yourself. Because when you sit down not having this truth and you're quiet, it can get pretty disturbing. You start calling yourself stupid again. Oh my God, I'm such a failure. I don't know what I'm going to do. I I got these degrees, I got this job, I've got this money, and I'm so unhappy. What's wrong with me? I'm supposed to be happy. I've got everything I want. Well, that will be a thing of the past. And because you're not chasing after the world and you're not chasing after the illusion, people that are are going to look at you and go, well, you're no fun to be with. You just want to sit there and talk and Be happy and be joyful and express yourself. And, you know, we need to go out and dance and distract ourselves and have a couple of drinks and run away from ourselves, not sit down and be with ourselves. How boring is that? How painful is that? Well, it's not painful when you know the truth, when you're living the truth of who you are as soul, as divine, as loving. And there'll be times when you might be a little attracted or distracted back out into the world. The world keeps calling you out there. 
Go taste it. Go see what it's like again. And I'll bet very quickly you'll be back to the simplicity, back to the boredom, or whatever you might call it, of this pathway because once you have tasted that loving, you will come back to it. The teachers have called it the Amritsar, the Amritsar, the elixir of life, the sweet nectar. Rumi wrote about it and said that when you drink of this cup and taste of this wine, you will long for no other, and you will return to drink of this cup again and again. For to be drunk in this wine is to be in the love of God. That's what this is about. It's about going back every day and partaking, partaking of this sweet nectar of life, that which actually gives life to everything, gives life to your soul. Partake of that loving. That's the nectar. Partake of the loving every day. Be filled to overflowing. And your life can be a lot simpler and easier and quieter. And you'll have what it is you have been longing for for so long. And I'm sure many of you know that just from your meditation. Do this enough and the longing quiets down. Do it enough and the search comes to an end. There's no more searching. There's just ever being filled up. There's just ever that movement on the river towards the greater good, towards the greater glory, towards more awakening, whatever you might call it. Don't look into the world and try to find the answer. And don't look into the world and get caught up in what's going on in the world. The world's just doing what it knows how to do. And it's doing the exact same thing it's done every day since it came into being. And it will do it every day until it comes to a completion. And it has a beginning and an end, so it will come to that day where it does end. But rather look to that which is consistent and true and live that. And you'll find even living in this world will be a lot easier. You know, it's really interesting because a lot of times, you know, at least for me, and I know just from talking to a lot of you over the years, that a lot of us are drawn towards this pathway as we move and look at those things beyond traditional religion. Often we'll be drawn more towards the psychic or metaphysical some type of new age or some type of really old age or whatever, something over all the years. And nowadays there's so much available out there just in the bookstores or, you know, it's just so readily available everywhere. It seems like a lot of these things have really gotten into the mainstream now, like even words karma, you know, are just thrown out there, you see and hear everywhere. And on one level, it's really wonderful that it's just part of culture in a way now, at least over here in the West. I'm not sure over in the East, really, in other countries. It's a wonderful journey in one level, and in another level, it's a big distraction. And I'm just going to kind of go on a little bit more with some of what Jim was sharing about and what I've seen and heard and learned over the years. 
One of the things that I've really discovered is that a lot of these psychic or metaphysical energies, as Jim described, that's often what we call just a manifestation out of the mind or the ego nature. And a lot of these energies can be very powerful, very persuasive, very filled with experience. And it's in that experience that does tend to pull us or persuade us or move us in a certain direction, sometimes seemingly beyond our control, not realizing that really we have a choice in the matter because some of these things we just give our power away to because of their profound effect on us. Because a part of us realizes, oh my God, this isn't a physical energy. This is something invisible to my eyes but yet I can feel it, I'm experiencing it. Or in a meditation or a dream or an out-of-body experience, we have something where we do see it or hear it or feel it in a more direct way. And it can even have physical types of manifestations. And we hear these things such as having visions or physical type of experiences of a lot of energy or the we often call the psychic or the chi force or the kundalini energy is a lot of references to it in this world or the prana, and that's why they talk about the power of the breath and all these things that have to do with all these other energies that are more physical in nature or astral in nature. And it is because those things have such powerful effects, we will tend to allow ourselves to be swayed into those energies because they are so dramatic often. And because it is not physical, we call it spiritual not really fully understanding what it is that's really going on, not understanding that it's just simply another level of consciousness, although a lot of that is not very high consciousness, but we think it is because it is not a physical type of a thing. So there's this part of us not really knowing or understanding yet a greater movement of spirit, a greater truth beyond just this level of psychic or metaphysical manifestation that we will give our power over to it. We will go into it. And I did plenty of that over the years on my personal journey. And I had some wonderful experiences and other things that seemed kind of scary. I thought they were pretty cool myself, but I know a lot of people get freaked out by it because these things seem so real. And so it stirs a fear in us because we think we're losing control or it's going to carry us away. And these things can begin to carry us away, but only as we allow it. That's when we really believe that this power is greater than us. And it's easy to. Why not? How many times in so many places do we talk or hear about surrendering to a higher power? Anybody hear that one before? Yeah, we hear it everywhere. Every religion, every this or that, every whatever, you surrender to the higher power. Well, not knowing what that higher power is, we think this is a higher power. So anything unseen to us physically, we think is a higher power. And that's where often the challenge is. Because some of these energies are quite powerful and have very wonderful effects as well as very negative effects. And it's often those wonderful effects where we tend to get more caught up in because we're looking for a greater good. Something beyond ourselves that can save us from our bad, right? We think this is bringing us into a greater good. And it can be, at least temporarily. 
a lot of times we hear about things such as psychic surgeries or metaphysical healings or spiritual healings or laying on of hands, all these things. And so we'll go searching out to have something inside of us healed or just some physical thing healed. Or we may ask for an emotional healing or mental healing of some sort so that we can get free of whatever this pain or whatever it is that's tormenting or disturbing us, no matter what level we experience it on. And so there are these powerful forces or energies that we can experience, even experience it just like a wind blowing through, but not necessarily that wind of spirit, but more of a psychic energy that does have an effect on the psyche and the physical consciousness. And that's wonderful. Enjoy those things, because even on this pathway, you will have those experiences because it is through those things that the soul must travel in order to rise above them. So on this pathway, wherever teaching, keep moving forward, keep rising above it, never give up, never stop. Just keep going, no matter good, no matter bad, just keep on going because that's what it takes to overcome or rise above all of it. But some of these things are so amazing, we'll get swept away in that and we'll allow it to continue sweeping us away and now that'll become our main focus and we'll have lost sight of this greater journey of spirit. And some of those things we just call a distraction. Well, yeah, they're a distraction from this path to spirit of the soul of returning home. But also when we are swept away, you know, that's not making these things negative or bad either because it's often in those experiences that we will have the learning of what this is that's going on. So even if we get swept away for better or for worse, we're going to have experience that is going to teach us and sometimes immensely and intensely what is in all of that. And there'll be a point where we'll begin to wake up and realize and understand what has happened, what has taken place, what we've gotten caught up in, what we've allowed ourselves to be swept away with, and then we'll begin to once again make another choice, to choose back into that path of loving, that path to sun and light, that neutral way. It's so funny to hear myself even share about this now because we talk about neutrality and how subtle this is. But at the same time, the path to sun and light is more powerful than any force in any level of creation. That very essence of God's loving is more powerful than any of these other energies. But yet in this realm, it often appears so subtle. And it is, and it's not. It's all of that. But as we describe all that, each of us, as Jim was saying, we're talking to your soul. As we hear this, you will actually remember these conversations, even in your inner experiences, because it is a part of the soul awakening to really know the greater truth of itself as divine and as current of loving in which it is traveling back into that full awakening oneness with God again. So as we're on that journey, as these different energies or currents of these more psychic or metaphysical realms begin to tug on us, to pull us, whether it's back down into the world or whether it's just off sideways into one of these other realms, we'll begin to, in our paying attention, become more aware of what's going on. Well, that's part of this journey is becoming aware. Wake up, wake up. Become aware, awake. Look around. Don't be afraid 
to look at yourself or your experience, what's going on in your life, what's going on in your inner life, what's going on in any moment you're having any kind of experience, whether it's in this level or this realm or in another realm. Often we call out a body or a journey of spirit of some kind. Be willing to look around. Because those choices we make, we're going to learn from, regardless, good or bad. The nice thing is when you really continue to choose into that greater movement of loving, that's a current that doesn't control you. That is a current that assists you as you invite it and participate with. Where these other currents will attempt to control you, to hinder you, to entrap you. Because that's what the creator of this world, Caldnerengen, Lucifer, whatever you want to call it, is always trying to do is trying to control the soul because it is that energy or psychic material energy that does begin to control the soul so that we keep feeding life to his creation. Because it is only the light or the life of the soul that gives animation, gives the appearance of life to this creation of time and space. There's no life here. That's why we always refer to it as a reflection or an illusion. There's no life here. It is only the life of the spirit, the soul that we are, that gives life or expression or animation to this realm of time and space. And so Cal Narendra knows that as the soul begins to get free and lift out of this creation, there's going to be that less now life given to this illusion. And the more that begins to, in a sense, the light becomes dimmer here, the less appearance of life, the less there is going to be to attract the souls back down into this experience, and the soul will begin to just let go more and more, and it'll be easier and easier to rise up. What is that? Well, sometimes it looks like a disintegration, a dissolving, a dispersing of creation in this world itself. We begin to see things leave. You know, just like here we talk about what? Extinction. Things go extinct. Well, yeah, because that life force that gave that body expression, whatever it is, whether it's animal or plant or mineral or whatever, that gave it movement once that life force is taken out, no more. No more expression. No more animation or movement here. It's as simple as this. It's so funny. It's almost funny to talk about it in such simplistic ways because when we don't really understand the truth of how it works, it seems so miraculous, so magical, so amazing. And it really is magical and amazing. But yet it really is also very simple. And that's why we always come back when we say this is a simple pathway, a simple journey. Well, it really is. It's just we get lost in all the details and all those undercurrents, so to speak, that begin to pull on us and pull us away from simply what? Focusing into that true movement, the spiritual current. That's why we have to call it the sound current, the path of light and sound, the sound current, the audible life stream. It's all currents, movements of different forces, of energies, of consciousness, of life, different life streams, so many different things. And we can choose which current we want to move into to have experience with. And that's why at some point, 
the soul will be drawn to the path of sun and light because that is the current by which the soul can begin to now move out of this creation of all the other currents. And so I'm even describing it today this way because if you hear the word I'm describing as currents and experiences, there's nothing negative. There's nothing bad. There's nothing there that even if we call it a distraction, that doesn't mean it's bad. That just means that current over there is another experience. This current over here is another one. This current of sound and light is a vertical current now that begins to now move the soul into another experience. But that experience is the one of true awakening, true knowing, the truth directly of the divine beingness that we are where all the other currents are but movements and reflections and other creations that have come out of that path of sound and light. The path of sound and light, that current, that sound current, is not separate from all things in creation that we can see and taste and smell and everything came out of the sound current. That sound current is the word of God, the voice of God. God spoke. And out of that came light. And out of that is what? God created through that light and sound. So that sound current is not something separate from creation. It is the very current in which all of creation came out of. But it is that very current that also brings all of creation back into the source from which it's come. So, you know, you've heard maybe at some point in your journey that phrase, all paths lead to the same place, the same goal, the same whatever. Have you heard that phrase? So there's a truth in that. All paths do lead to the same place. Some of them are longer paths. Some of them look different than others. Some of them are this or that. But all paths do eventually lead to the same place. Because what? Because they came out of the same place. So eventually all paths do lead to the same place. And if you remember that, then you'll realize even as you hear here and think, oh, this is it, the path of sun and light that we're doing here in ILM, this is it, everything else, call it whatever you want. You don't need to bother doing stuff like that. You don't need to compare or make something else wrong or bad just to make something else right or good. There's no need for any of that. Every current is there for the soul to have experience. And that's what this is about. And when the soul has fulfilled its experience on no matter what current that it is riding on, it will, in its awareness and awakening of that experience now, when it is fulfilled, choose to now move on to a different current. It is simple as that. That's what we call, oh my God, my karma's done. Getting complete. I learned the lesson. Oh my God, I'm free. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. And it's also the natural order of things. You can't complete the karma when you don't understand, when you haven't learned the lesson. You can't get your freedom until you really have allowed yourself to look and to learn. But to look with loving is the way we learn. We often will look because somebody told us to, we're supposed to. It's forced, it's manipulated, it's contrived. doesn't work that way. Because when we do it, well, this is why we start to say, take a look back. Don't just look out here or externalize your learning. Where are we really learning? We're learning the truth of who we are. 
So we have to take a step back into ourselves. And one of those steps back that we take, we'll begin to look at our attitudes. How are we looking at life? How are we perceiving things? What are our beliefs, our understandings? So begin to look at our attitudes. That's a step back into ourselves. That's not the last step. That's just a step into the soul. But it is often those attitudes that will begin to hold the keys to the understanding of our karmas or unlearned lessons. So as you begin to look inside at yourself, called introspection, we call it in here what? Self-study. Meditation, self-study, and service, the threefold path. So that action self-study or introspection, you begin to look at even the attitudes that you carry or you hold. You want to know an easy way to begin to look at those attitudes? A lot of us will go, oh, i got to go inside, shut my eyes, meditate, and look. Well, didn't we just say, don't go into meditation looking for the answers? Didn't Jim just share that? And we say meditation is about loving God. So now you go, oh, well, I hear Brian say, well, if I can figure out my karma, I can get it done and get out of here, right? Don't work that way. That's why I'm saying this. If you want to look, all you got to do is look at your life around you physically, because guess what? We project our attitudes and beliefs on everything and everybody around us. You don't have to close your eyes and go inside to learn what your karmas, your attitudes are. All you got to do is look on the life around you and listen to yourself. You'll hear what you're projecting. You'll see how you're believing things a certain way, how you're perceiving things. All the time I see people say, so-and-so, they're this, they're whatever. I just look and look. I'm going, wow, they're telling me all about themselves. They think they're talking about the other person. And I'm going, wow, they're telling me all about themselves. And then they ask me a question. I go, well, would you say this, 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 and this is true about yourself? And they go, wow, you must be psychic. I'm just a damn good listener and understand how this works. That's how it works. So if you want to learn how to be your own psychic... Just take a look at your own projections on the world around. You don't need to be psychic for that. This makes it easy. Seriously. So look at what you're projecting, and you'll get an idea of what attitudes you're carrying. You'll hear it in your words. You'll see it in how you judge other people or yourself when you're looking in the mirror, events in the world, whatever it is, the thoughts you have. That's why you've heard over the years, too, when we've talked about journaling, writing down all those inner voices, the positive and the negative voices, because that's what? Well, writing, what is writing? It's a projection. Writing, talking, physically doing things, they're projections. We're moving energy out into the world, and that energy moving into the world is coming from ourselves. And what do we call this world? A world of reflection. So what does the world do but reflect back to us the very things we are carrying within ourselves. You go, God, if I could only get my kids to do this. God, if I could only get so-and-so to do this. Oh, God, I'm a control freak, aren't I? Oh, yeah, that was simple enough. It's as simple as that. You go, oh, everybody can do whatever they want. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, it's all cool. Oh, my God, I'm so wishy-washy. I'm so this or that. I give my power away to everything. Oh, yeah, we'll do whatever you want. doesn't matter what I want because it's pointless anyway because it's on illusion, right? We'll play all those games. But that's great because then you see what comes with it when you do that because then what? Well, the very thing we project into life, guess what we're going to experience in life? The very things we have now projected. We will begin to have the experience of what we put out. Oh, what we put out comes back. What goes around comes around. Cause and effect. 
there we go. There it is. So as it comes back to us, well, some things that come back are really nice and sweet and kind, and other things aren't so nice or sweet or kind. And there we go. There we learn. Now here's another key in all this. So part of the key of understanding is to look and to learn, to listen. But then also, awareness is often the first step. But what do you do with that awareness? That's important too. What action are you going to take now with that awareness? Are you going to now feed the old pattern, whether it's good or bad? Are you going to keep repeating those good patterns? Are you going to keep repeating those negative or bad patterns? And what are we going to do with that awareness now? Now that we see what we're doing, that process of becoming aware also is the beginning step of having a level of freedom to begin to make different choices. If you don't have the awareness, believe me, you're not going to make a different choice. What if all you knew is one restaurant where you ever go eat and there's a hundred of them all around the place, but you only know that one because that's all you go to. You're not even aware of any of the others because you haven't even gone or driven around. But as soon as you drive around and you start seeing all these other things, what are you doing but expanding your awareness to see all the other things that are out there? Great, you've got the awareness. Doesn't mean you've got to go to any other restaurant. You don't have to go and partake in that experience. But at least you know it's there. Okay, great. Because you may not want to. Maybe you love where you're going, and that's fine. But at some point, you'll probably get bored with it. you get food poisoning or something. It was so great before, and then something happened. You got food poisoning. You go, that place sucks now. Let me try one of those other places. And such is life. We go to another one. We have another awareness. And then we take another action to go have another experience. And that's all we're doing here. And if you realize it is in those choices, each step of our soul's journey, in each of those experiences we are learning, and in that learning it is actually fulfilling the soul which is actually fulfilling God. The journey of the soul here is about God's fulfillment. You thought it was about you? You're so selfish, so self-centered. This is about God's fulfillment. For all you people pleasers, you should love hearing this. God's not a people, though. <laughs> this is about God's fulfillment. And if you realize that, then everything you're experiencing and all your journeys are absolutely wonderfully being done because it is the fulfillment of God in all of that. And there is a process by which God will be pulling us home. That's simply now us beginning to wake up and become aware that we have fulfilled a lot of those other experiences of currents through all this creation. And now in that experience and that freedom, the soul will be drawn back now to that main direct current in which all the other currents have come from. And that's this path to sound and light, the sound current. And in that, there's the action. You've heard us even describe about the journey of the soul, like a spiral down on the outside. And then it begins to spiral up. And in the middle of there is that current of loving, the sound current. And we come back into the center, that straight and narrow, that direct path now we will just naturally gravitate towards that. We can't make this happen. We can't create it. It just unfolds, and we will follow that and respond to that inner calling, that inner pull, which is really wonderful because then there's not a struggle or a fight. This is the funny thing. 
We think we have to struggle or fight to stay on this pathway, and when we feel one of these other currents pull us away, or what you hear in here we often call a distraction, it's a distraction from that main current, but we think, oh my God, the world's going to get me. We think it's hell, it's evil, it's the devil calling at me, trying to pull me back down in the world, and then we go into fear. What good does that do? What bad does that do? No, it's just awareness. Oh, look at that. That's tugging on me. Just like your Jim say, the world's calling me. It's tugging on me to go this and that. And we go, well, it's been so peaceful and boring. Now maybe I could live a little. Go out, do whatever. You go out and do whatever and you get back and you go, why do I feel so bad? Why do I this or that? I had fun when I was doing it, but why, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling now? Instead of go out and live a little, maybe we should go in and live a little. But it's those experiences that as we have them, we often call them what? The reminders. So that we'll have the reminders in the world of why we keep coming back inside. But guess what? If you're not really done with the world and those experiences and you get called outside and then you go with it and forget about the inner, you're not doing what Rumi said, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. You're going, yeah, I'm going to go back to sleep. So? So what? But what do most of us do? Don't many of us here that are doing this pathway and think we're committed and devoted and dedicated to it often think that's evil or bad and we go into fear about it? I hope I never get pulled back into the world. Do you realize that when we judge that and do that, we're actually beginning to once again get pulled back into the world of fear and judgment of the world? So here's another part here. So when that happens to you, and it happens to all of us, probably every day, many times a day, when it happens at any moment, just say, oh, there it is. There's the awareness. Now the next thing, again, as I was saying, what are you going to do now? What action are you going to take? Are you going to go into fear and resistance, which gives us power? Or are you going to just acknowledge acceptance and just allow it to be? Do forgiveness if there's judgments there. You've judged the world. You've judged yourself for getting caught in it. You've judged God. You've judged whatever. And then come back to the loving. This is the simple part. It's all loving. This pathway is just loving. That's it. But sometimes we need to pay attention to acknowledge. To me, acknowledgement is another word for acceptance. Because it's often when we don't acknowledge something, we're often in a place of denial and avoidance. And that's usually a reaction out of fear. That's what it often is. But we won't even allow ourselves to look at it. So this unconscious reaction through the fear is what we're responding to, often not even realizing it. So at some point, we've got to realize what's going on. But how do you realize it? That's why we said no matter what, in all these details we're talking about here like I'm doing now, yeah, I just say, oh, screw it all. I'm just going to meditate and love God. That's it. That's the meditation. You can throw all this other stuff out and just go back to the meditation, loving God and allowing God to love you. Because in that process, this stuff gets handled. The awarenesses come all by themselves as a natural, ordinary, unspecial, unmagical, unmiraculous process when we just simply love God and allow God to love us. Oh, I'm sorry, I took all the specialness, all the whatever out of it. 
Well, it's only when we're not in that that it looks so magical and miraculous and so special. But when we're really living it and are in it, it really does become natural, ordinary, and just a practical way of living because that's the truth. Then everything else seems so unnatural, unordinary, and I wouldn't necessarily say we'd call it special anymore. But there is this natural flow. And any reaction or any state of resistance simply keeps us bound to the psychic metaphysical energies of the world. Simple as that. That's why even if you're not aware of it, say, okay, Lord, I give it all up to you. Oh, there it is, giving it up to the higher power again. What higher power is that? You're not going to know until you know. So you just keep doing it. Ever keep doing, ever keep moving forward, ever keep moving upwards. Just keep doing, and in the doing, you will have the experiences, and that's how you come to know. So don't fear or try to avoid the experiences. Keep it simple and just keep coming back to that action of loving God. That's it. Just keep coming back to that. You just do that, you're not going to have to worry about the other stuff. It won't matter if you get swayed for a little bit. If you keep coming back to loving God, you're going to sway right back into that sound current. I remember years ago, I think I shared in here before, it was one of my experiences of when I was in the Spirit one time riding that river of loving, that sound current, just flying in that river and observing the land below, the realm I was going through. And as soon as I glanced, glanced, literally just looked down, all of a sudden I started to move towards that which I just glanced to. I wasn't even holding my focus. I just looked. And as soon as I looked, in just that split second, I started to drop now out of the river of loving into that experience. And then then I've just focused right back up to that center point, the seat of the soul. And as soon as I did, it pulled me right back into the center of that sound current, and that current just kept carrying me. And I went, wow, that's interesting. Is it really that easy to fall, to get distracted, to move into a different experience? And then I actually played with it a little bit. I glanced down again, and sure enough, I started to drop. I went, whoa, and I focused back up here into the center, the seat of the soul. It came right back to center. And I did that a few times. I went, wow, it is so quick and so easy to get distracted and literally just allow ourselves to move now out of that current of loving and into whatever that experience is and the reflection. Another psychic, material, metaphysical manifestation in any realm, physically, astrally, causally, mentally, or etherically. That easy. That's why it is ever, ever keep coming back to the seat of the soul, just like I learned in that experience. Well, yeah, as soon as I looked away, I started to drop into it, but as soon as I looked back, I came right back. Back and forth. Talking about emotions now, back and forth. up and Yeah, that's right. That's because every time we look out of the current of loving, we take a dive down. We look in the current of loving, and there we come, right back up, right? And then we're all happy and joyful. Then we look away again, and we go down, and we get all depressed and upset, and then we come back. Yeah, because what? Our experience is our own projections. When we're in that flow of loving, we're projecting loving. And so our experience is going to be happy and joyful. When we're focused into the world, 
well, that's not necessarily an experience of joy and happiness. And so we start to complain and bitch and moan and gripe because we're in pain of separation. And then all of a sudden we look back up and here we go right back up into it. So what are we doing? Every time we meditate, we're coming right back up into that current of loving. Every time. Even if the eyes are open, you can just bring your attention right to the seat of the soul, which is why every time we do a meditation in class, even when we ask you to open your eyes, what do we always say? Keep your attention focused up here at the seat of the soul. Because you can do that even while your eyes are open. That way you can really hold your focus in that current of loving all the time as much as possible and still walk to the world. Because guess what? In this experience I was talking about, even though I was on another realm, I was in the current of loving going through this realm, this experience. So in that movement, you're having your experience, but it is the loving now bringing you through the experience, and that's how the karma gets done. That's how the soul gets liberated, is by simply focusing and living in that current of loving. And that loving is what will free the soul from all those other currents. That's what brings the soul out of the realm of illusion, of reflection, and out of all those other currents that would entrap us. Pretty simple. That's how it works. It's pretty simple. And I'll tell you what, sometimes we will really believe we are trapped, we're, we're caught, we're doomed, and think there's no way out. Oh, oh my God, I just projected that. Well, what attitude or state of awareness am I holding in myself? Doom and trapped. So that's our experience, and we'll believe it. You go, oh. But then if we believe we don't have the power to change that, well, then it's not going to change. So what's wrong with that? Nothing. I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. I'm just describing a freaking experience. But what do we usually do? We think that's bad, right? I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I was describing some of this and going back to old patterns and how those voices would come up to try to call us back. And then they go, you make it sound so negative. I said, did I ever say it was bad or negative? And they thought about it. I said, no, you never used those words. That's right. I never used the word it was bad or negative. Why did you think it was so bad or negative the way I was making it sound? Oh, that was me? Thinking that, that's right. As long as you judge it and make it bad or negative, your judgment, it's an attitude. It's a state of consciousness in which you are projecting upon your experience. And that is what is keeping your soul entrapped and caught up in the illusion. Stop that! <laughs> Quit projecting, right? I wish it were that easy. And it is that easy. But... It usually takes a little bit of time. Get out the big old racer, start erasing it, and then we think we've got to do all this work. The work is what? Love God and allow God to love you. Love, accept, and forgive yourself, God, and everything else and everybody else. LAF is really just the expression of the action of loving God and allowing God to love you, by the way. It's not a different or separate action. It's just a way we talk about and share about it a lot here in ILM because it is a way that we ourselves can begin to take responsibility. Oh, there's that word. 
It's the way by doing LAF is the way we can begin to take responsibility for all those projections that we've done to create our life experience. And so as we work with it, we begin to take responsibility with that LAF and begin to bring those back, that bringing them back to ourselves is the erasing, is the completion and the fulfillment. It's what clears the karma. So all those other things we think are negative or bad or whatever, they're not. They're just indicators letting us know, oh, let me get out the eraser. Let me get out the LAF acronym. Let me start to do that. And then you start to see these things just dissolve. And then what? Okay, my karma's done. I did it. I had these inner experiences. I've been doing the work. Oh, my God, I had this amazing dream or all-body experience. It got lifted from me. It poofed, dissolved before my eyes. It's gone. And there I am. Nothing. Now what? Now what? Oh, that's right. Go in and up. So what do we do? We bring our attention back in because all that dissolved outside of us because it was our projection because it's outside of us. Now that it's gone, no more projection. It's not outside of us. Come back inside. As soon as we do that, well, the natural flow of spirit is in and up. But we've got to make the choice and in that choice, take the action. We have to draw our attention now from projecting out to now withdrawing into. And as we do that, all of a sudden, we turn up. We look up, and right there we see there's God. There's God. And the way that, that appearance of God often will look when we're still in these realms of illusion of time and space, it'll often look like that radiant form of the teacher a purple or blue light, a gold or white light. And if we keep watching, it'll often just seem, sometimes as a stream, you may actually see it as a current of a golden white light or a purple light. I've seen it all these, like this river. And we may even see it as that hand of God. So whatever way you experience it or see it, go with it. Take that hand. Get in the river. Just keep focusing. Start chanting that sacred name which is simply now loving. You're now refocused on loving God once again. And as you do that is how you allow God to love you. Because when you're not doing that, you've closed the door to God because you're focused on other things. Not that you really close the door. You were just focused on other things. That's what we call them a distraction. So every time we say refocus on God, you open that door and in that, you give God the opportunity now to extend that helping hand, so to speak, and begin to know, carry you on that river of loving back into the truth of spirit and out of the illusion. That's how it works. It really is that easy. But it doesn't happen until we take responsibility for our projections or our attitudes or our whatevers, our creations, whatever you want to call them. When we take responsibility for them, is when God can now bring us back into the truth. That's why we talk about LAF and taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings, actions, and reactions. That's how it helps. Let go like God. That's how it always works. That letting go, today I'm just trying to describe the process by which we can let go. Because a lot of letting go, say, I am letting go, I am letting go, I am giving it to God. That's great. And... Are you taking responsibility? Are you learning? 
Are you taking loving action? Or are you just trying to get rid of it so you don't have to learn and you don't have to experience it? Well, most of us, at least I was, when I was in pain and disturbance and didn't like it, I was trying to get rid of it. So I was asking God to take it from me. Yeah, I was giving it up to God. I didn't want it. But then I wasn't also looking at how can I really know being the loving with myself, with this, with God, acceptance. When I started doing that is when things started to change and shift because I began to take ownership, which is another way to say responsibility is taking ownership. No more blame. Even if somebody does something to you, don't blame them. Look at what your reaction is to what they did to you. Oh, take ownership of my own attitudes, my own reactions. That's right. Because as soon as you do that, that is how you're going to set yourself free, regardless of what anybody does to you. As Jim was sharing earlier, this is about your spiritual freedom that we're doing here in ILM. It is not about the things of the world. So put on your big girl panties or your big boy boxers. Suck it up, or another way of saying it is take ownership, take responsibility. And as you do that and stop blaming everybody and everything else is how you begin to set yourself free. You set yourself free. And then in that, you create the space to now, for God to come in to now liberate the soul. Was it God doing it to me then? Yep. God's doing it to you, but look at what you had to do to yourself in order for God to do it to you. All that other hogwash about you're the victim and God's doing it to you is hogwash. Those are your own projections coming back and biting you in the ass. That's all it is. Don't be the victim. Take responsibility. Take ownership. Even if you say, but it's not mine. It's not mine. Great. Take responsibility for it anyway. Take care of it. Handle it. And in doing that, you get it done for you. Because guess what? If it's with you, well, you did something. You did something to have the experience. It's with you for a reason. So now do something with it other than play the victim. Just do something with it. Own it. Yep, it's with me. Yeah, they may have given it to me, but you know what? It's mine now. They gave it to me. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's mine now. They gave it to me. Did you hear in the voice that I used? The attitude behind that, oh, another step back. Instead of this thing that I was given, it's my attitude with that thing I was given. And as I take responsibility and ownership of that is when it starts to change. Look at this one old gift that I was given. Okay, God, would you like to participate with me? I'd love to share. But you just bring it back in. And guess what? If it's something that's not really yours, you cannot bring it in to yourself. You can try and try and try, and it won't go in. When it's really yours, it'll come into you and merge. Spiritually, obvious, I'm talking here. When it's not yours, because we hear about this, well, is this mine or somebody else's? Don't worry about it. You start to just love it and bring it into yourself, then that which is yours will come in and be fulfilled, and that which is not yours, it can't go in because it's not yours to fulfill. But it's because you're willing to love and accept it, that it empowers it now so that it can go back to that source from which it was given or created. And now it's an empowered with loving, and that's a blessing. So 
as it goes back to that source, it gives greater opportunity for that creator of that thing that was given to you to now be received and fulfilled. It's that simple. No more victims, no more blame. Sorry. You won't have anything to gossip about, complain about, whatever. <laughs> really, think about it. Isn't that what we do? All of our gossip is usually complaining, isn't it? And then once in a while, there's a little bit of good news in there. <laughs> I like it because nowadays, Jim and I are getting some people actually emailing us or calling and say, you know, you've heard me complain so much over the years. I thought it'd be nice just to let you know something nice happened. <laughs> it's nice. We're getting more and more of that now. <laughs> I hope in that sharing that maybe it gave a little greater understanding or clarity in really this process of taking ownership and responsibility and really that greater action of freedom and liberation.